Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If If I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good you could do whatever you want with this type of i mean they even have burger breads right so if you want to make a a fire ass burger they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as i do dude money it's so freaking good it's hard to say which one my favorite stuff is just because like if i'm gonna make a wrap or i'm gonna do any type of sandwich of any sort i'm gonna use hero bread because i get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero.co and use code genius10 at checkout. That's G-E-N-I-U-S-1-0 at hero.co. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Additional one, I was like, when? When? Oh my gosh. I was like, do you know that you're a thousand years old? You <laughs> fucking dinosaur. Like your your humble times are different now. Yeah. And she goes, oh, why do you? She goes, I would know better. I was like, no, you don't. You haven't been to Korea in 30 fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> we did this per the advice of all of her relatives and the people that I know. They go, oh, we don't do that stuff anymore. It's more like modern, more simplified. Yeah. And if you're looking for those old fashioned humble stuff, they're kind of hard to find because yeah. not a lot of people. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I am your host, David So, and we have Ed Park VP back in the house. What's up? Cheers. Cheers. Fancy Soju. Ohio. Ohio. Uh, my brother-in-law, Steven, got this for me, I think for my birthday. Or, you know, to be honest, I don't remember who gave it to me. <laughs> but I'm going to give credit to him because he's been, he's been a great brother-in-law to me so far. So so I, I'm gonna give you, <laughs> give you the credit. Dude, so you know the funny thing is like, you know, I always talk to kids about, you know, like this idea of forgiving your, you know, parents and you know, kind of understanding where they come from and you know, learning how to be very empathetic. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, sometimes it's really fucking hard, dude. Because sometimes they're just fucking assholes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you something. So I told this on the other podcast with Tim, but I'll tell it here again. <laughs> So 
we went to Korea with the explicit idea or plan to visit family, you mm. know, before me and Mary have kids. Yeah. And um, take uh, engagement photos. Yeah. Right. And so if you guys know Korean friends, you'll see if you go to their parents' house, they have these, you know, typically like two wedding photos. You have one with the suit and you have the other one in the traditional humble. Yeah. Right. Well, that has evolved over time. It's not, there's a modern humble now. Okay. It's a lot more simplified, way more clean. The designs aren't the multiple red, blue, yellow, yeah. green, and everything else. Um, they're a lot more simplified and very clean and cute looking. So we decided to go there and it was a whole ordeal. So when you do this hanbok thing, um, there's this specific place in Korea that's next to one of the bigger palaces that everybody yeah. gets their engagement photos at. Yeah, with their- the one that used to be a zoo, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so we go there. We get the photos done. It's a seven-hour ordeal. I get my makeup done for crying out loud. Yeah. And so apparently the place that we went to go get our quote-unquote makeup and hair done is a really, really famous place, which we didn't know. We found out through her relatives. Yeah. They're like, oh, you went there. And they said, did you see any celebrities? And apparently there were celebrities in there getting their makeup done. Wow. But I don't know who the fuck they are, <laughs> right? But they were telling me like, oh, that's a really famous uh, comedian. That person is a very famous comedian. Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, it's a seven hour ordeal very fucking long and we honestly did this for our parents because yeah. they wanted engagement photos Mariel and I don't really care for that stuff uh-huh. so <laughs> Mariel kind of told me he goes oh we should just print out the photos and then give it to our parents right and I was like no I'll, I'll send them a couple of samples that they sent over so they can get really excited for it mm-hmm. so I send the, the photos over and for some fucking reason I thought that my mom was a normal human being <laughs> and I sent it to her and the first thing she says is that's all you got <laughs> bro I was fucking pissed. That's it? Yeah, that's exactly how she responded. She goes, that's, that's it? How come you didn't get more photos? And I'm like, these are just samples. Yeah. We're just showing you. And she goes, oh, well, you know, I have other friends who did, you know, multiple humbugs and you only did one. And I'm like, oh my. I will fucking sock you in your chest, you stupid, stupid bitch. Why didn't you spend more money? David? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, didn't you tell me my whole life? Yeah. Like, not to be like. Yeah. And she goes, and then the thing that really pissed me off, I was like, listen. She goes, well, I know other people who did like the traditional one. I was like, when? When? Oh my gosh. I was like, do you know that you're a thousand years old? You <laughs> fucking dinosaur. Like your, your humble times are different now. Yeah. And she goes, oh, why do you? She goes, I would know better. I was like, no, you don't. You haven't been to Korea in 30 fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> we did this per the advice of all of her relatives and the people that I know. They go, oh, we don't do that stuff anymore. It's more like modern, more simplified. Yeah. And if you're looking for those old fashioned humble stuff, they're kind of hard to find because yeah. not a lot of people get that. My mom's telling me how it works over there, even though I went to Korea and I <laughs> talked to the business people and I did it, you know, based on their, per their recommendation. But she saw it in a cape drama, yeah, I dude. know. <laughs> but she saw it on the And let me tell you what VHS this woman store. said that just fucking, and she just started adding on. She goes, oh, I see. Oh, he's like, oh, okay, I get it. You didn't want to, you don't do want to do the other one because you couldn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, I have never wanted to sock my mom <laughs> so fast. I, I told you. Being a clown was not a good idea. I was going to fuck this lady up. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then she goes, you know what? You're stressing me out. I'm like, I'm stressing you out? How? Yeah. She's like, they they put it on. It's your fault. How do they always flip it around? She goes, you're stressing me out right now. I'm just going to hang up. I was like, wait, why are you? And she hangs up on me. (laughs) And he's like, this is an international call. Bro, I was fucking pissed. Here's the here's the fucking topper on this shit. Send it to my dad, right? I get a I get a text message from my dad. And it says, check your check your mail. 
I left the package for you. I'm like, what is this package, right? I check the next day. I get the package. I open it up. It's printed photos of the sample photos I gave him that he <laughs> edited. <laughs> Did he like smooth your face? He put a, a, a fucking a, a Gaussian blur halo oh, over the photos. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then he, he put like, like the Armenians fl- do. Yes. <laughs> I said to an Armenian Azuba, she goes, yeah. this is very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter had the same pictures. Yeah. It had like those little, little fucking wire frame flowers over it. I'm yeah. like, and so he edited the fucking photos I gave him. I'm like, oh my the gosh. most insulting shit I've ever received in my life. I tore that shit up and threw it in the garbage can. They had like watermarks on Bro, it. <laughs> my dad was like, don't duplicate. <laughs> property of this, in this know, photography. Property of a James, a young soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he just fucking just did all that shit to my stuff. And then he's like super proud of it. <laughs> Trademarks her face. I know. <laughs> I, threw, I actually duplicate. He's suing me right now. <laughs> he fucking edits the photo photo because he didn't like them. Is he learning Photoshop? This fool pissed. And then I was so mad. My brother had to call him and like, what's wrong with you? He goes, <laughs> he goes, why would you do that? And and, he, and my brother was telling me that he explained it to him. He goes, why would you do that? He goes, what's so wrong about that? I was like, let me ask you something. I was like, if if somebody, get, you gave somebody a gift and they dismantled it and said, it, this one's better, would you feel okay? He goes, no. He goes, but that, this, that's different. I'm like, my parents are so, and I always, and I told my mom this. I was like, listen, if you treat me this way, your kid's worse than you do strangers, there's something wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's like a parent buying a kid a, a Honda Civic, and then he starts putting all this JDM shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> you put a CD player <laughs> inside of the Susan Trooper. <laughs> oh, they man. fucking pissed me off. I was so fucking upset. And all I kept thinking was like, I'm trying to be empathetic, but I'm like, is it because they're old? I was like, nope. They're fucking assholes. No, they're better than you. Yeah. <laughs> I know fun. better. My mom was like, oh, so you just because you went to Korea and you and you got it from that business, you think you know better about it? I'm like, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what I think. I, I was literally in their face and we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. And we had a whole this hour discussion about our yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, I do know better than you. You negotiated the costs. And yeah, everything. like what the fuck is she talking about? She goes, oh, I know these other people. I was like, how old are they? He was like, you know your uncles. I'm like, they're <laughs> yeah. how old? They got married in the 80s. <laughs> I was like, dude, about? when they fucking had Hanbok son, that yeah. was just closed to them. <laughs> Like you know more than me. It was just their fucking work clothes. Oh my god! Stupid asshole. So you just got back from Korea. In the meantime, like a lot of shit was happening. Out all here. the shootings, all this yeah. other crazy fucking Dave Chappelle. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that happened. happened. You know who was there? Danielle. Oh my gosh, she was at that show. She, she was at the show happened. and she texted me. That's how I found out. Oh wow! She was, dude. Dave, I just saw Dave Chappelle get tackled. I'm like, where? At the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> and it was by this person that looked like it could have been his kid. Wow, like, like, this half Asian, half black dude. Well, I heard like it's just because he got fucked up in the face so bad he looked Asian. Oh, okay. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> 
but his name is Isaiah Lee. But black oh. people do have the last name Lee yeah, too, yeah, right? Like Robert E. Lee, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the Southern yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, in that meantime, like you're, we're seeing all these fucking shootings, and they're happening over and over again. And it's like, what what was the reaction out there? When you're walking around seeing Koreans and they hear the news, is it even in in their news or no, lexicon? They, fuck. they got their own shit to worry about, right? Well, the thing about like, you know, I talked about this on with uh, with Edric uh, was like the idea of one of the biggest things that I noticed was how community based Korea was versus America. And you know, I feel really weird saying this, but I'm like, why did my parents move? <laughs> it's kind of nice here, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I, I'm guessing because it wasn't nice in the 80s the, at, at the time. Yeah, and so that's the one. I guess, like, if I could say something that makes me really proud to be Korean is how resilient our mm-hmm. our nation and culture is. Right. Yeah. The fact that from war and devastation, how we how technologically advanced the place. Yeah. Record time in human history to it, go from a fucking stone age after the war to like. Boom, like economy, like eighth in the world. Yeah. And the idea of like American elitism, yeah. right, is very weird to me when I go to South Korea and then I come back and I feel like I just came into a third world country. <laughs> I'm like, like, they got healthcare, you know, well, they got everything public transportation. Clean and nice yeah. out there. And yeah. everything is technologically advanced. There's free Wi Fi fucking everywhere. Yeah, 5G everywhere too, right? right? It's just, it, everything makes sense. Public transportation is faster than driving your car and it's accessible everywhere. Mm-hmm. It costs less than a, it costs about a dollar uh, US to get on a bus and go to a destination. Yeah. Why the fuck would I have a car? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Why? Why would I ever have a car? Makes absolutely no sense. And I come back here and it just looks like ass. People don't care about their jobs. There's no like pride in the stuff that they do. And, one of the things that I noticed too is that a lot of people who are in tourist areas, a lot of these Korean, pe- Korean people, they want foreigners who come here to realize how great Korea is before they leave. Yes. yes. That is their pride. Their pride. So yeah, for sure. They, they, that's how much they are proud of being Korean. They go, oh, you didn't have a good meal? Well, guess what? Go to this restaurant. You'll have a really great meal because they want people to leave here knowing yeah. how great their country is. They're just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I went to this place and I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, hold on, let try, me t- try, try here. Try here. Yeah. No, like I was telling Edric too, there was um, the lady that we went to to get our uh, PCR test before we left. She was asking us if we had good food here because if we didn't, she was going to buy us a meal before we leave back to the States because she wanted us to realize how she goes, I don't want you to leave here thinking that Korea is not great. So yeah. if you didn't get a good meal, I'm going to tell one of the nurses to go buy you uh, a lunch before you leave. That's fucking awesome. You know, that's, the, that's, I have never experienced something like that here. Yeah, that kind of hospitality isn't even in Korean Americans. I know. <laughs> but that's, I feel like the Korean Americans are all bandits. Yeah. Have you, you know, met like Koreans from New York and New yeah, Jersey yeah, and Virginia? Yeah, yeah. They have a different mindset, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're the types that had the goals like specifically to go to Ivy League schools Mm-mm-mm. and go to really great colleges. Yeah. But the West Coast Korean Americans are like vagabonds <laughs> that had a bounce out of Korea. <laughs> All, you know? Like the Korean people like that I met here, their parents, it's like, what are your dad is? I used to be a gangpan and shit. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> like my dad, I mean, my dad was a pastor, so he, you know, yeah. he, was, he was good, but at the end of the day, like when I came here, I'm like, damn, like Korea kind of has this whole system. I mean, they're educated. They, I'm pretty sure they have a lot of flaws. Cause I'm looking mm-hmm. at it through the lens of somebody who is uh, visiting. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of nice being in a country where there's like a sense of community. You know what I mean? Like people care about each other. Yeah. And, uh, 
I think for a lot of Korean people who live there, they might say like, well, it's not like that everywhere. 100% true. I'm only seeing it once again through what I saw within two weeks. But there is a juxtaposition between like American individuality versus like this Korean community. Very, very fucking different mm-hmm. is how they approach their jobs, how they work. It's it's vastly different from America. You know, I'm kind of like I came in here. I was like, man, dude, this guy moves Korea, bro. <laughs> Nobody cares about me yeah. here, dude. I mean, I feel that all the time, you know, <laughs> like, but that's genius brain listeners. This podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen. I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You, you just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it. it's so freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do, dude, money. It's so freaking good. Good. It's hard to say which one my favorite stuff is just because like if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to Hero dot co and use code genius 10 at checkout that's g-e-n-i-u-s one zero at hero dot co hey all it's david so and if you want to listen to genius brain without ads now you can just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free you'll get ad-free listening to the show you can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show Two. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. It's what we're kind of seeing. I mean, like, while you were gone, like, news with, like, Roe v. Wade, that kind of shit, that leak. Oh, man, we even talked about, about that. You know, about that. And then there's all, you know, the shootings. Um, And every time these fucking crazy events that are, are happening, like, what we're seeing is literally just two sides. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Fucking yeah. screaming and yelling at each other. And this latest shooting in Texas, um, 19 people dead total, I believe. Two staff members, I think. Yeah. So it was like 21 total or something like and that. And most of them, like, second to fourth graders. Um, my cousin was, my cousin lives in Texas. And he was crying. His, his kid didn't die. But yeah. just the idea of it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's three. There was mm-hmm. the OC1, and then there was also the uh, Buffalo. The Buffalo one, which was yeah. that one was yeah. crazy too. I mean, that was like, I believe, racially motivated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they like Buffalo, I literally thought it was a, a white town. I didn't know they had a small black community, and he targeted that black community, which is already small. Yeah. Buffalo's cold as shit too. Uh, yeah. It's like right next to the fucking Niagara Falls. <laughs> right. And it was so funny because when, when I went there, it was during wintertime and they they took me to see Niagara Falls and they're like, look, I'm like, I'm get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's so cold. It's so cold. 
I just came from Los Angeles, Dude. man. And then because of the falls, it's just like 30 miles per hour winds blasting yeah. you in the face. I, I can't see anything. Like, get me home. But um, the OC one's fucking crazy, too, because it's Asian on Asian crime. It's Asian hate. Like, how, well, how do we talk through this one? Okay, it, it was a Chinese like nationalist. nationalist who went to go kill Taiwanese Christians. Genius Farts, this podcast is sponsored by Better Help. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. My friends, I could go on and read this ad from this piece of paper, but I don't need it because I love Better Help. It is one of the best things that have entered my life because I love the mental clarity I get from speaking to my therapist, especially how convenient it is. Is I can do video chat sessions. I could call whenever, message them, and they'll get right back to me. I really, really needed it, especially during pandemic when all that craziness was going on, and it's still going on now. So now BetterHelp is right in my back pocket with my fat ass. So BetterHelp has customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched up with a therapist in under 48 hours. Genius Brain listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash genius. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash genius. Because the idea of it is that people who are Chinese nationalists, they don't want Taiwanese people to have their own nation. Like you're not yeah. Taiwanese, you are Chinese, yeah. right? So basically he went to go kill his own countrymen. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. So uh, you're a part of me, now die. Yeah. What the fuck? How does that make sense? This shooting itself is in the bottom rung because people can't understand this Asian on Asian crime, let's say. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, when you look into it, it just, yeah, obviously it doesn't make sense. Like when you look at it, like it's not a racial motive. It's this nationalist motive. But it's like you're in America. Yeah, bro. What you're are you in doing? America. You're they're here for their freedom because you don't want it there. You don't want it here either. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be a fucking redneck and be like, get the fuck out of this country. Get the fuck out of here, motherfucker. If you don't like it, then get the fuck out. Hey, let me tell you something. You need to go back to where you come from. Yeah. I'm this close to the C-word. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here, I man. Know. They're here specifically because you don't like it over there. Yeah. Why? I, this is what I'm saying. It just doesn't make sense. And obviously, we could chalk it up to being this this guy being crazy. Yeah. But even just the, the logical fallacy behind it is so huge. It's glaring. Yeah. It just I can't, it doesn't add up. And I think this is like one of those things for other people who are outside to kind of realize about like Asian people in general is that we're very much not so like any other type of like culture or nation. There's no, it's not a monolithic type of thing. There's no, the Asian identity is so vast. There's no Korean person that hyper relates to like a Vietnamese story either, or like Cambodian, you know, Chinese, Hmong, Mongolian, everything is so fucking different. Right. But I feel like when you come into the States, people kind of see this, this blanket Asian person. I mean, because they, they do it too. Um, Latin Americans, they're all Mexican. Mm-hmm. You know, they do it to uh, Africans. It's they, literally the thing is that Africa's a country itself. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. But for some reason, there are Spaniards, there are French, there are German people, there are Swedes, there are Norwegians. It's the, like, okay, wait, you can differentiate white people 
but you won't give us the space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, either. well, the thing that blows people's mind, even something so stupid as this, they meet somebody from Spain and they go, well, you're white. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you fucking talking about, bro? It's in Europe, you jackass. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, but you speak Spanish. Yeah. It's like, how do you explain that to somebody? But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not very global either, but that was just a small example where literally you'll hear that shit all the time. Mm. You'll see people who like travel to Spain and the first thing they do when they come back, it's like, dude, there's a lot of white people there. (laughs) (laughs) They were expecting like some East LA Mexicans in Spain. You know, hey, what's up, fool? Welcome to fucking Spain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the dark people in Spain is because they have roots in North Africa. <laughs> you know? That shit's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. But, you know, but that's like, once again, like people just don't understand that too. And then, you know, we also talked about and touched on this too, where I was trying to explain why, you know, people are like, how come all Asian people just don't support all Asian people? I'm like, that would be nice. And I understand. But it's just like, oh, you gooks look alike, <laughs> you know. So you you should understand what you guys are going through. Yeah. No, like uh, I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a little more complicated than that. It's not like if I spoke Korean to somebody who speaks, um, I don't know, Cantonese, they're gonna be like, I understand most of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not gonna <laughs> not understand not. at all. Yeah. It's a comp- completely different language and culture. You know. Yeah. They, but they literally think we're all one people. But I mean, looking at the situation in OC is clearly seeing like. Um, it's almost like what happened with uh, the Irish in the 90s, right? Mm. Like Protestant versus Catholics. They were bombing each other, like car bombs. Which that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to us either. Like, what? Can't you just, what? Yeah. Because one side is so pissed that the other prays to Mary, you know, the yeah. Virgin Mary, you know, and they hate it so much that they blow each other up in car bombs, right? And then for us, it's to become then apathetic. Yeah. That it doesn't involve us, right? That it, the best thing to do is do nothing about it, right? And that's a, a big thing that I, I'm thinking about with why we have such problems, you know, with the complication of these things. And it's because the most simplest answer is because we can't be kind to one another. Mm. And we can't like literally talk about some things because we can't respect each other. Mm-hmm. And that is basically the main theme of everywhere. Wait, wait everything everywhere all at once. The movie. That movie, by the way, because we're going to definitely do that review to this, is like yeah. that movie is the most complicated shit. <laughs> like I only got to see it once and it was already hard to see it because I was telling Ed, first time I tried to go watch it, the fucking speakers blew out. <laughs> so I thought, I was like, whoever composed this, Fucking sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just, you were in movie review mode. Like, what the fuck is this mix? Yeah. I was like, why is the fucking volume on all the dialogue super loud? <laughs> I was over here making notes. I was like, dude, Ed, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like so hyped about it. Like, Yo, this movie's yeah. awesome. And then uh, our buddy Ray, he does sound for a living. Yeah. You can see him look a little visibly upset and he gets outside and he goes, the speakers are blown out. I'm like, this makes sense. Cause yeah. I was like, cause there were parts too where you would see somebody's mouth move and then there was no sound coming out. I'm like, Oh, is this like an Easter egg? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like completely misinterpreting the movie so, throughout the whole beginning. <laughs> you just lost an entire channel of audio basically. Yeah. Like, uh, I see. And so like, like when there sucks. was like, for example, in the martial arts parts where it was literally in the first 30 minutes of the film, where she started going into the multiverse yeah. and the bodyguard it was where uh, Wayman was fighting 
he's Raymond or Wayman in the movie? Wayman. Wayman. He's Wayman, right? Yeah. It's the Chinese version of it, the Hong Kong version. Yeah. So Wayman starts fucking up the bodyguard, which is our buddy Brian, Brian Lee. Right, right. And but all the sound effects were super muted. That <laughs> I'm like, dude, this man, this sucks. fucking sucks. Yeah. Like you more or less felt bad about it because like it could have been great. Yeah. But this sound mix. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm gonna fucking find this guy and beat his ass. Yeah. <laughs> But then you find out the speakers were blown. I tried to go watch it again. All the tickets were sold out. And then so I finally got to see it. And I didn't realize when watching the film. And the reason why it's so hard for me to digest is because there's so many little things that have really great nuance to it Mm -hmm. that I want to think about. But it always jumps into another universe. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't. I'll come back to that. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I'll come back to that. And the next thing you know, I'm like, what did I watch? Yeah. The pacing of this movie is so fucking fast right Mm -hmm. off the bat, right? It's like, this is the speed, you know, catch up, get in the gear, Um, which I I appreciate because I love movies that have a rewatch factor. Yeah. That you're supposed to watch it again and again. And and it gets better. It gets better better and better. One of the things that I really liked, I mean, just off the jump, and this is one of the things that I'm very critical about a lot of people who are, trying to write, right? And I see this a lot in a lot of like Asian American filmmakers. Yeah. Um, it's where they kind of, um, they're trying to hit an emotional note with somebody, right? There's something that's like a personal struggle that you see like within the Asian American community, right? But they hit it too hard, like the nail on the head, like a little too hard. They verbally say these issues out rather than just being there and present through the experience that you've had. And what I mean by that, and this movie does a great example of that mm. is where, um, Michelle Yeoh has a daughter. Her daughter is a lesbian. Yeah. Her daughter and Michelle Yeoh doesn't have to say through dialogue, you're uncomfortable with me being gay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be said. Yeah. And in fact, in most family dynamics, it's not said like that. It's done through certain behaviors, the way that they say things. Yeah. And the way Michelle Yeoh would address her girlfriend was, her friend is here. Yeah. Which you see a lot in Asian American families. Yeah. Where instead of confronting things head on, they'll do like these subtle things to show how uncomfortable they are. And that's what it, that's just one little thing that I liked about the film. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a social issue that we have within like an Asian American family, especially dealing with homosexuality. Yeah. But it wasn't this person with a spotlight with their hand on the wall going, <laughs> well, you don't know what it's like to be. Gay and Asian—it's yeah. <laughs> like okay. Who yeah. talks like that? Yeah. And how does that show a real family dynamic? Too many young filmmakers do that. You yeah. don't need to do show. Don't tell. Show don't tell. I was waiting for you to finish so I mm-hmm. can say the exact same thing. Right. Show don't tell, and this movie shows. In fact, like I think the average length of one shot and a cut is like half a second. Yeah. It's so fast. And I just want to say up front, like I literally predict um, an editing Oscar nomination for this movie. You know, like, I also see people trying to imitate yeah. what this film did. Yeah. You know, there's always like there's always a time when like two movies come out at the same time and they're like have the same theme, mm-hmm. you know, like Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Olympus Has Fallen and White House yeah. Down or some shit. And then this and Doctor Strange 2 came out and I think this is the far superior film. For yeah, sure. and I also too, I didn't get to see Doctor Strange, but I already know that's the case because when you have these big budget films like Marvel films, there's a lot more that goes along with it than just the director and the writer coming together 
um, production or whatever and trying to see how this is going to flesh out. Yeah. There's certain things that major studios want and need in order for this film to be highly successful. Yeah. Right. And I think like one of the films that evaded that we talked about that was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because nobody had any expectations mm-hmm. for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So James Gunn really got to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Right. And he's kind of set a tone for like, oh, we like this tone. And mm-hmm. now the other, I feel like those other studios are in the ears of other directors who are doing Marvel films and be like, hey, we want it like this. Yeah. Let's put more jokes in it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it needs to be a little more funnier, you know, which is really hard to imitate. You can imitate, but you can't duplicate that shit, right? Yeah. Because James Gunn is James Gunn. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And like in the, in the case of this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, the Daniels, um, I first heard of them because they did the Turn Down for What uh, music video. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then they did. Wait, are they Korean? No, that's what I thought too. Every time we know a Quan, we think they're Korean, right? They're Chinese, huh? <laughs> He's Chinese. Yeah. Ah, Saba. <laughs> it could have been Korean forever. Every now and then I meet a Quan and then Korean. And then every now and then, yeah, we totally mistake a Quan and they're, they're Chinese. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> we lose out on that credit. <laughs> I know. Well, you guys had yeah. Taiwan and now you got them, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but I commend him. Like he has… He's, they've got this ADHD kind of mindset and they t- perfectly translated it onto the screen. This film is like Edgar Wright meets Kung Fu Hustle, you know? And I really think that like these guys are next up in line to direct a Marvel film. If they're going to go into the multiverse, these guys understand it. Like, um, and- These motherfuckers must be on crack, dude. Because yeah. I, I, they're on Adderall for sure, <laughs> or something. Like they got ADHD. It's very rare. I wouldn't say rare because, like, I also had a very similar feeling watching the Batman, watching this, where the opening shot looks so good. I was like, "This is going to be a good film," right? Because even the way that they composed the shots looked really, really yeah. fucking good, dude. Yeah, they had to do so much of it practically um, because you know they're music video directors, right? And and so they've got a great eye for the visual art. Right. And um, they also did their own special effects. You know, only five people did the visual effects on this. Did they, they did the CGI. How long Including the Daniels themselves. Really? Yeah. So like, it, this is like literally like fucking nitty gritty filmmaking. And they visually got everything they needed to as things, as like complicated things were happening. You know what was so hilarious too was when I was looking at the character who was playing Wayman, right? First of all, if you guys watched Indiana Indiana Jones, right? He and was the Goonies. Yeah, he was the the Asian kid in there. Yeah, Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones. Yeah, right. And nobody has seen him in a very long time. And then I was reading an article where he was saying there just wasn't roles for any Asian people. Yeah, in so, the '90s and 2000s. Yeah, so he took a fat hiatus and a break because he was like, "There's nothing out here for me." Mm-hmm. But now that there's like this huge wave of of like inclusivity happening, and this is where he gets yeah. his role. Funny thing was when I was watching, and I was like, "Dude, that guy looks just like Jackie Chan." Jackie Chan. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I but found, he has a high pitched voice, but Jackie Chan. And then I found out originally that role was for Jackie Chan. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was uh, a replacement. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he looks just like Jackie Chan, dude. Yeah, it was supposed to be like uh, Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh's role, mm-hmm. right? And he and he was supposed to make the main lead, but according to like how we see it play out in the third act, I think it would be too hard for Jackie Chan to play this role because of how he disowned his son. Yeah, 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 yeah. for smoking and selling marijuana, right? Yeah, and so it's it would be hard and kind of hypocritical for him to play this role to reconcile and, and you know in the third act 
while he has his own, you know, family issues, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting though, because I when I saw it too, I'm like, oh, Jackie Chan could totally fucking play this shit. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not like the replacement was any worse. He's he's so fucking good, dude. This podcast is brought to you by Secret Society, a contemporary fashion basics line that's for everybody. I know that you guys out there who are in to high-end streetwear and contemporary basics that you have to pay an arm and a leg for great quality. Well, guess what? We do the same thing, and I dare I say it, even better. The Vintage Hughes collection that's out right now is amazing. I'm talking about the softest French terry you've ever had. 30 ounces for the shorts, 30 ounces for the hoodie. That's the quality we put into our work. Check out our oversized tees. We have the, the, the vintage puff print on the shirts, the hoodies, the sweaters. Fucking amazing. We outdid ourselves with this one. If you're sick and tired of getting good quality stuff for a gajillion dollars, check out Secret Society. You will not be disappointed. You will walk outside wearing our stuff and people will stop you and ask you where you got them and you say from Secret Society. What you know about that? Ain't no secret because I'm wearing it up right now and now you want to, you know, fuck me. <laughs> check out Secret Society Vintage Hughes Collection. It's out now. Cop it. Look good. And remember my friends, Basics never die. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a there's a huge difference, and I and I really do think this with a lot of like um, older generation Asian actors. I feel like their skill is just so fucking good. I think that we do have a long way to go. Where there's a lot of people now who want to be Asian Americans, who want to be really great actors and actresses because they like the idea of acting, but they haven't done the trials and tribulations, the acting classes, the courses, the dedication, like the previous generation has. The suckiest parts. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the repetition of the stuff that you hate the most that makes you really great. Yeah, like That's showing it. up on a Domino's commercial or some shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I feel very fortunate that I get to see actors like that because we also got to see um, the man who played the grandfather. Uh, what's his name? James Wong. James fucking Wong, dude. When he came out, I was so happy. Number one, because he's still alive. Oh, and he just got a star on the Hollywood Walk Fame, which took way too long. By the it way, took way very James Wong's fucking ninety years old, and he's, he's still memorizing lines and killing it. And he's been in like four hundred movies. How the fuck is he so sharp? <laughs> ninety years old. I guess because he keeps practicing his art, his mind is sharp. I yeah. remember him from the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> where I, it I was his Seinfeld table for four. <laughs> He, I remember him from Wayne's World too. Yeah. He has Tia Carrera, who, by the way, was like the hottest mm-hmm. like, Asian American in the 90s. But yeah, like she, uh, he was her dad. And then he had a, a fight scene with Wayne. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. Like bad dubbing. But yeah, um, did you want to do the entire review? Yeah, right let's, now? Just, let's go through the whole film. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do our classic way, like uh, just chilling out and we just read the plot from Wikipedia and then we'll just go through the movie. Um, so the film is separated into three parts with the names matching the title of the film. Part one is everything. Evelyn Wang is a Chinese-American woman who runs a struggling laundromat with her husband, Waymond. Tensions are high due to the laundromat being audited by the IRS. Additionally, Waymond is trying to give Evelyn divorce papers. Evelyn's demanding father, Gong Gong, has just arrived from China. And Evelyn's daughter, Joy, has been trying to get her mother to accept her girlfriend, Becky. So uh, this is the opening scene. And we, what we see is just like chaos. Pure right? chaos. Like their home reminds me of my parents' home. Like just cluttered with like shit from the store, from the business, because they have nowhere to store it. They just put it all over the house. Mm-hmm. And like there's total chaos. What I also appreciated was, um, well, when, when 
what we call it is Konglish when we speak Korean and English, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they call it, Chinglish? I guess so. That would be Chinglish, right? Chinese English. Yeah. yeah. And they're like the way um, they communicate, I really did appreciate that. But it also comes to kind of uh, play a gag uh, later on, on in the film because it's part of their miscommunication as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then, um, so yeah, we see Wayman is like kind of a pushover. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, his character is, is kind of mousy and submissive, I think, to Evelyn, but he's trying to serve her divorce papers. Yeah. Yeah. And Evelyn's character is pretty hard-nosed, like very blunt, mm-hmm. no tact and such. Um, she doesn't really seem to give a shit about too many things except for, I mean, because she's so distracted by so many things too. She's doing a million things at once. Like essentially her, I mean, what I kind of looked at it now when I, after the film, I was like, she's the perfect person to go ahead and try to manage all these multiverses because that's just her regular life. Yeah. Her regular life is her trying to balance a thousand fucking things at once. Yeah. Even before the introduction of the the headpiece that got her into the multiverse, she's trying to deal with you know the her her daughter's gay identity, running the business, taking care of the grandfather, doing all this shit at once. It was already mm-hmm. chaos since the beginning. Yeah, and um, so with her, his their daughter Joy, she's running around trying to speak to her mom about um, inviting her girlfriend to the the Chinese New Year's party, right? And like, if she brings her, what would their her grandfather Gong Gong think? Right? And Evelyn more or less is kind of putting it on the shelf because she wants to just hide it from her father and not even deal with what he has to say or think. Yeah. And so she is more or less motivated by what her father Gong Gong thinks. Yeah. And Joy is more or less just trying to open up to her like, hey, like this has to come up now. Like she's already out to her mom, but then like you were saying, the way she responds to her being gay is just like, yeah, what's the big deal? Who cares? Blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Stop. Like, don't you know I'm being audited? While to her daughter, like this is the most important thing, what she's yeah. speaking about right now. Yeah. And so her mind is all over the place to the point where Joy leaves to her car and Evelyn tries to run and catch up with her. She's, she, I have something to tell you. And <laughs> what did she say? Oh, she was like, uh, you have to eat healthier. Yeah. You're getting fat. Yeah. But then that just goes to show she's actually trying to be loving. Yeah. She doesn't know how. That's her way of saying, hey, um, I care about you is don't, you know, <laughs> eat healthy and don't, you look fat. You know, to tie back to what the thing with like what I was talking about with Asian parents is that idea of, being empathetic towards their the way that they try to express yeah. their love and their language. My mom was a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and I, we share the same on <laughs> <Yeah>. my issues. <laughs> yeah. So in that type of case too, it also goes back to me saying how much I enjoyed this film, how it does it through the stuff that you see through everyday life without having to explicitly say it. Yeah. It wasn't a dialogue where she where um, Joy had a random dialogue or a monologue to herself where she goes, Asian parents just don't know how to communicate the way that they love to me. Or they, they love me yeah. by telling me that I'm fat. <laughs> and then it goes into a scene where she calls her fat. Doesn't have to be fucking said like that. It yeah. is shown. It's shown. I love it. It's like 
like you've heard it before. You've heard Asian people say it, but then, um, you know, their acting also portrays it. Like yeah. how much it hurt her. And she just got in the car and drove away crying because it's like, it's not even the fact that she called her fat. It's just what she's trying to even tell her mom is flying over her head. Like yeah. how important this is to her. And then it cuts to the Iris building. Um, Wayman and um, the grandfather and Evelyn are uh, going into the IRS building, right? So while at the IRS building for a meeting with the IRS inspector, Deidre Bobidjir? I don't know. I think that's her name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Awesome. When she came out, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Wayman's personality changes when his body is briefly taken over by Alpha Wayman, a version of Wayman from the Alpha universe or the Alphaverse. Alpha Wayman explains to Evelyn that many parallel universes exist since every choice made creates a new universe. The people of the Alphaverse, Alphaverse led by the late Alpha Evelyn, developed verse jumping technology that allows people to access the skills memories and body of their parallel universe counterparts by fulfilling specific conditions. The multiverse is being threatened by Jobu Tupaki, formerly Alpha Joy. Her mind was splintered when Alpha Evelyn pushed her to extensively verse jump. Jobu Tupaki now experiences all universes at once and can verse jump and manipulate matter at will. With her godlike power, she has created a black hole like everything bagel that can potentially destroy the multiverse. So this is when it gets fucking crazy. And this is where I don't understand anything. Yeah. This is where I was just like, I don't get anything that's happening right now. Like, <laughs> it's just really, really hyper complicated at this point. So um, while at the IRS building, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is is auditing them and showing them like symbolically she puts it on a receipt and puts a big black circle. The revolving circle is a visual theme that shows up like even at the laundromat, right? Mm. And that the circle that spins like um, is a visual thing that keeps popping up throughout, right? And um, so she's saying like, I see all the receipts, right? I know where you came from and I know where it's going. Right. And it doesn't look good. Right. And so she's kind of foreshadowing like what's coming up with, you know, what's going on. Um, but meanwhile, she can't focus. She's not even listening to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Alpha Wayman showed her the idea of, of the, this multiverse thing. Right. And she put on these Bluetooth headsets on her ear to show her like, the multiverse, like how it can be opened up to her. And the first thing she sees in the elevator is her life flash before her eyes, which was like an amazing montage for me. Like yeah, the yeah, hilarious yeah. thing, she comes out the vagina and then you see James Wong standing there and the doctor says, I'm sorry, it's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a that, subtle, that joke like, really crack me the fuck up, dude. This is such a subtle, good joke, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know, it's it's the idea too, if you guys don't know, they have like in China, they also have like this one child policy thing, which I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's still around, but they want a boy to carry on the name. Yeah. And so there was an issue too, 
where you'll see a lot of people who want to adopt kids from Asia, specifically China, mm-hmm. that a lot of them were girls because oh, they would yeah. give up these girls and they would sometimes, you know, be thrown away. Yeah. It was pretty fucking bad. And we had to hear about this stuff, you know, before we did like missionary trips. Yeah. 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 Which was an issue. Same. Yeah. yeah. It's an issue. <laughs> you know? And so um, it kind of goes through her life and like, um, I, I think they did some of that de-aging stuff like where um, she and Wayman meet and then how her father disapproves of the relationship. Yeah. But she goes with him anyways and follows him to America to a shanty laundromat and a um, shanty apartment upstairs. And then like Wayman is completely positive about everything, but then you can consistently see that she's not happy yeah. with anything that is unfolding. Right. And then, um, and so at that point she is being still being connected, you know, into this, um, this multiverse through alpha Wayman trying to communicate with her. Right. And so he gives her instructions of um, like how to jump. Right. But it's on the back of the divorce papers. Mm. Right. Which is what I mean earlier with their Chinglish, like this, the fucking writing of this. I also predict best original screenplay Mm -mm. in the Oscars. Like how well that they played this gag of them talking about two different things, but arguing about it at the same time. That is great fucking writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and um, so like, that's what I mean about the pacing too. You get confused because they're confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking yeah, about yeah. two different things and there are two different Waymans and Evelyns, right? And uh, so what she does is have to imagine something, right? Because the idea of like the the... The theoretical physics of the multiverse is basically anything. Anything you've ever imagined or dreamed has happened really, yeah. in another universe. That's how big infinity is according to the, the multiverse theory. Yeah. Right? And so he's telling her, hey, imagine this. Do something weirdly insane. This random thing, right? And once you do that, it initiates the, the connection, the jump, and then you hit the button. Right. And so that's how she ends up in the closet where Wayman is trying to explain to her this entire theory, but she can't focus with her ADHD. And that kind of thing, like, was really, really touched me because, like, that's sometimes I feel like that's how I think. If I have to think about my taxes, my mind goes elsewhere. My mind actually, jumps she was giving me anxiety. Yeah. Because of how she couldn't focus on anything at all. Yeah. She was. You were talking about everything, every anything, everywhere. It was her brain. That it was, was her, her brain. Yeah, constantly. It was kind of like an allegory throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what I'm saying. It was just like the whole multiverse thing makes sense with her character because that's how her mind fucking runs. Yeah. I want this one side tangent too because I was looking up, trying to read up about what mul- the multiverse theory is, yeah. and then it went to like the whole time travel theory and stuff. And then my mind was just exhausted. I'm like yeah. this is so much to take in because there's. This, I'm not sure if you if you read about this, but it's like the idea of how time travel works isn't how we think it works. Yeah. Right. And there was like a few people, uh, I don't remember their fucking names, but they were talking about, and I was reading this whole, uh, this whole blog about it. <laughs> but it's the idea that time what doesn't it matter or really exist in the way that we think the moment time travel is created. So from the date to the point where time travel is created, you can't go back yeah. from there. 
you can only start from when time travel was created and then only go from the future and the future only back to the point where time travel was created mm-hmm. because you can't go back from before where it never existed. Right. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even fucking think about that. Yeah, right. That's and now interesting. I started thinking, <laughs> I started going to this rabbit hole of that and then the whole multiverse theory yeah. too. And now I'm just like, what is life? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and that's a running theme about it, right? What is life? Is that as you get older and that's prevalent in Evelyn's character herself, the cynicism and nihilism in her is is through her relationships around her is that the more and older we get, the more we learn about the universe, it's almost inevitable that we become cynical. It's almost inevitable to become nihilist and it's hard to see a positive future because you get into this existential crisis, right? And that's the point because when he's telling her like where Alpha Wayman comes from, this alpha verse, that Alpha Evelyn, who is this awesome, great fucking genius woman, like created this, this universe jumping, but she implemented it onto her daughter, Joy, right? To, um, you know, learn how to jump, but then she overworked her daughter, like many Asian parents do to mm-hmm. their own kids, right? Where to the point she can just jump anywhere she wants to, everywhere, yeah, And because Joy has received and seen everything, she is now have become the a, ultimate nihilist. A god. <laughs> a god and a nihilist. Yeah. Very much like Dr. Manhattan in The Watchmen. Mm-mm-mm. More and more he became, you know, Dr. Manhattan, you know, and seeing the universe, the more you lose your humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what we're seeing is Jobu Tupaki, is that, is that her name? Jobu Topuku. Uh, Whatever, Joy, Alpha Joy, formerly Alpha Joy. Um, She is trying to get to, um, she already killed Alpha Evelyn, but she's trying to destroy all the Evelyns of all time multiverses. Yeah. Right? And so she's finally trying to get to the Evelyn we know in this universe. And let's see. Evelyn is given verse jumping technology to fight Jobu Tupaki's verse jumping minions who begin converging in the IRS building. Evelyn learns of Wayman's plans to divorce her and discovers other lives where she made different choices and flourished, such as becoming a kung fu master and movie star instead of leaving China with Wayman, who becomes a successful businessman. Alpha Wayman comes to believe that Evelyn, as the greatest failure of all Evelyns of the multiverse, has the untapped potential to defeat Jobu Tupaki. Alpha Gong Gong instructs Evelyn to kill Joy to hinder Jobu Tupaki, but Evelyn refuses. She decides she must face Jobu Tupaki by gaining the same powers as her, so she verse jumps repeatedly by battling Jobu Tupaki's minions and Alpha Gong Gong soldiers. After the battle, Alpha Wayman is killed by Jobu Tupaki in the Alphaverse and Evelyn's mind overloads. This is right before part two. Yeah. Right. So this is the part where like it gets really fucked up and weird because um, she, out of the um, confusion and their... Um, communication issues she punches jamie lee curtis in the face because she thinks like talking about fighting is about fighting literal people <laughs> she cracked me the fuck up yeah. she straight up socked her right in the nose 
Yeah. And um, then Alpha Wayman has to come and deal with uh, the security coming in and he eats chapstick. Yeah. And then that connects him to a universe where he knows how to do fanny pack kung fu. (laughs) (laughs) Which was fucking dope. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. The fight scenes in this were great too. I love that. It's so Hong Kong inspired. Yeah. And then um, basically from there, let's see. This is where it's so fucking hard to get together. Because um, because Jobu Tupaki's minions are chasing after her like the uh, alpha Jamie Lee Curtis's character, right? Um, she starts to attack her and then the information that she gets from the alpha verse is that she has to confess her love to Deidre, right? Yeah. And she has to be like, I love you. I love you to learn how to do Kung Fu, right? To do something completely out of the ordinary, right? But then it also kind of points back towards how uh, it's in the same universe. They love each other where they have these hot dog fingers. Mm-mm-mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie gets so random when it accesses this multiverse that they're how connected they get. They become more and more. It seems so fucking random. Yeah. But then they all come together in the… Mo- this is why I say it. They deserve an editing Oscar. Um, so <laughs> um, it's only in the universe where she l- loves her is where she also has these um, hot dog fingers. But in that hot dog fingers universe is the reason why they're very proficient at using their feet and toes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's so many crazy fucking fight scenes where um, she also, when she has to fight… She learns how to use like hand knives and stuff because there's another universe where she's like a Japanese teppanyaki yeah, chef. Yeah, teppanyaki chef. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so it goes fucking crazy and wild. And by the way, all of this is happening in the, the same IRS building. There's oh, that's so right. yeah, much yeah. happening that you don't realize that this movie really only has three locations. Yeah, 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 yeah. The laundromat, the apartment, and the IRS building. And the rest is a green screen. <laughs> yeah. And the rest is like, yeah. Like they got their fucking money's worth out of this movie. I mean, the really cool thing about that too is like, you'll, you know, just as, I don't know if it's really symbolic of it, but you kind of see it towards like the end of the film, which you could probably touch on later is when you see it, this, this movie also has like a really good moral to the story, right? Yeah. Cause when you're seeing with the whole multiverse thing where she's allocating all these weird skills because of, some type of oddity that happened in this other multiverse character of her, right? Which kind of goes with the idea of like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, this person who has hot dog fingers, well, guess what? Because they're hot dog they can't use it. They're yeah. really good with their feet. <laughs> and it, it, it was like, I love how they kind of homaged 2001 A Space Odyssey, like a classic yeah, yeah, yeah. sci-fi film where they're apes. Yeah. And the hot dog finger ape killed the regular humanoid ape. And that's why in this universe, there's fucking hot dog people. Yeah. Like it's so crazy and absurd. It's the most absurd movie I've seen. I I just don't understand where the writing came from. It was almost like when I was watching it, it reminded me of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Where I don't understand how they wrote this episode. Yeah. And how it makes sense. That's what I mean. Like I, the someone who used to write for Rick and Morty, I don't remember his name. He wrote Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Oh. No spoilers. 
But when you watch it, it feels like a Rick and Morty episode. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and that motherfucker must be a crazy human being then. Because I don't understand how you think of shit like that. Yeah. Even if I tried, if I sat in this room for, let's say, a month straight and somebody says, you need to write a multiverse script that makes sense, I would, and then if you don't, you're dead. I'd just be dead. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. It's literally anything is possible. Yeah. Anything you imagine is has happened in another, another multiverse, wherever you go. See, like every single choice you've ever made, you know, it creates another multiverse. This is the whole idea of Schrodinger's cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another fucking mind-blowing paradox that I don't want to get into. But if you YouTube it, 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 the idea is every decision you've ever made like splits off into another multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Much. And there's like Rick and Morty episodes of that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's basically what Neo is. We were talking about like every decision ever made in the in the Matrix was already that, decided for it. Yeah, yeah, it was right. And that is the culmination, the code, which is Neo. Mm-hmm. And so um, this movie is almost like the Matrix because in the Matrix you can do whatever you want. You feel like. But then the idea here is within all of us too. Like um, you, you go and look back in, through your whole history, and you think about the decisions you made, and where would you be? What would happen if that was the case? Right? Like we've all thought those things, right? Yeah. And the multiverse theory is, yeah, it, whatever you've imagined has happened, really. Which is just crazy to think about because yeah. there are times too when I was younger, I would think like, what if I didn't do this? Mm-hmm. How different would my life have been, right? What if I, um, I did get into the university that I wanted to go into? Would I have ended up on YouTube? Would I yeah. have ended up pursuing comedy? Yeah, right. And because one of the biggest like trajectory shifts in my life was when I didn't get into the college I wanted to, and I had to go somewhere else. Yeah, and it molded this, this, this part of my life that would have never existed. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, and that's the one one important part is that when she learns kung fu. It's because she never left with Wayman to America, right? And so she becomes a fucking kung fu movie, movie star, star, you know, with a shifu and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, um, and Wayman does his own thing, and he becomes a successful businessman, right? And then when she snaps out of it, she's like. I just saw my life without my husband and it was amazing. I need to tell him about it. <laughs> yeah, it's so and then like like I said, the way they communicate is so like matter of fact. It's how we our parents speak to us. Everything's a yeah. matter of fact. There's no emotions involved. Yeah, it's like, just is what it is. Alpha Wayman is telling Evelyn, like because you're such a failure, you have the most potential as anyone <laughs> in the entire multiverse. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, That's exactly how Asian parents talk. Yeah. So with my mom with the whole photos thing, yeah. she goes, in her mind, she was like, I wanted more photos. <laughs> so I'm going to ask him why he was so cheap and didn't get more photos. Yeah. Not even in, that, in her mind, she goes, what's so wrong? What's wrong yeah. about this? It's not a her problem. It's your problem. Yeah, it's my problem, dude. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. That's so fucking funny. So, yeah, in the process, uh, I believe Wayman gets stabbed, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, and that's where that multiverse ends, I believe, right? Because at this point, Joy becomes this amazing, like she can start multi-jumping or whatever. Yeah. I forgot what it was called, verse jumping. 
and um, the credits roll. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. The credits roll, and then oh, we're in the the multiverse where she's you know essentially Michelle Yeoh herself, mm-hmm. right? But she's this big movie star. And then it turns into a Wong Kar Wai film, and they have this amazing dialogue in the alley when they try to get away, mm-hmm. right? And then because that is a Evelyn is the Evelyn that is aware that she is multi-jumping, um, verse jumping, I mean, that um, they get into this conversation about, like she said what she was going to say, like, you know, what, what did you want? You know, you, you, you wish that I ran away with you, you know, to America. And then we just ran some shanty laundromat and live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he gets offended speaks back and is like maybe i just i want to live in a small apartment and run a laundromat with you mm. right because that is the love he's trying to express but then the love that evelyn can't or doesn't understand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. your life would have been better without me and my life would have been better without you yeah everything is so factual and matter of fact well you know it also goes into the idea of like what the definition of like happiness is Right. Mm-hmm. Because in her mind, she's looking at it as like incremental steps to success, right? What you see on the exterior. I am a movie star. You're a successful businessman. We're way happier. Yeah. But his that that current universe Wayman is more like, no, my version of happiness was just being with you. Yeah. It didn't matter where. It yeah. doesn't matter. Right. So how she defined it's that miscommunication thing. They they're speaking two different fucking languages and she yeah. doesn't get it, you know? So before uh we jump into part two of everywhere. Uh, I'm going to talk about that fight scene where they get the fucking butt plugs. In oh. <laughs> it's because they, they had to access some other part of their verse jumping to do dildo kung fu. <laughs> that shit was so fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck and how? This is just so stupid and funny, dude. Yeah. I mean, and it. It is so wild that you also just like, what a good way to make us not look away. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can't not watch this bizarre shit happening. Anything is possible in the multiverse. So part two everywhere. Evelyn's mind splinters and she discovers other bizarre universes, including one in which humans have hot dogs for fingers and she is in a romantic relationship with Deidre. And Deidre, I guess. And another where she works alongside a teppanyaki chef who is secretly puppeteered by Ratatouille-like cocoon, a raccoon. She learns that Jobu Tupaki created the everything bagel, not to destroy everything, but to destroy herself and has been searching for an Evelyn who can understand her. Jobu Tupaki feels that because there are so many vast universes and unending chaos, nothing truly matters. And this was touching upon her nihilism when she brings her to the that everything bagel, right? And it's shown that, yeah, she's just trying to find the Evelyn that understands her. Mm. And that's the wild part across all the the multiverses is that Evelyn is still Evelyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> her yeah, yeah. Character and herself, where she has no tact. She doesn't have great expressions of love at all. And this is why more and more Joy, her daughter, becomes more of a nihilist and actually wants to 
trigger warning, commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, a lot of Asian American kids, we, I mean, we, it's something we do talk about because you just came back from Korea, uh, Korea number one suicide. Yeah. You know, um, it's a thing that we do like and should have to talk about, right? And when it comes to talking about these subjects with our parents, a lot, it flies over their heads. Yeah. They really don't understand depression um, in the sense that we know it um, here in America, right? Yeah. And this movie portrays that <laughs> like right in your face. Yeah. And, you know, it's like how I see it too is also the idea of where I talk about the kids who don't see empathy in towards like what their parents experience, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a certain level too where, you know, you're just not going to get that out of your parents. Yeah. Just because they didn't have the emotional tools that you were equipped with. And it's almost unfair to expect them to understand you to that certain extent. I only started realizing that I could just, I expect them to do their best and that's all that I can expect from them. Because if, if, if that's the case, then I'm going to be holding my breath until I pass out. It's just not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. like, like my mom being an asshole, like I have, to, I go through the thought process of, is this a generational thing? Is this because of this? It's like, nope, you're a bitch. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and I go, you're going to have to stop that shit. And, yeah. the, what I, and the reason why I have to stop her doing that is because she also has to understand that, listen, when I have kids, you can't talk to my kids that way. Yeah. You know, so you're going to have to learn through me that this is not how you communicate, right? You could communicate like that to our dad and to your friends, but you can't do that with me. And then you set those boundaries. You know, the idea between like... um joy trying to find this this mom who understands her it's it's to me it was kind of like you're not going to find that because your mom does understand you she just doesn't know how to express herself yeah it's not a youth it's not a you thing at all mm-hmm. it's she's whether she hates or dislikes you she still loves you she just she's not she doesn't have the tools to deal with her own emotions with the idea that her daughter is gay mm-hmm. you know so her her annihilism is there's a fallacy in her logic. It's like, I'm looking for this perfect mom or this mom who could understand me. Every one of those moms that you met understood you. They just don't know how to express it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and um, it also touches on when we meet Alpha Gong Gong that um, where Evelyn gets this from is from her father. Mm-hmm. That he, uh, and it's consistently expressed through him, his, his disappointment in her. And like even to the point where she is wants to prove him wrong, right? And she also have these parental issues with her own father, which is then being passed down to her own daughter. Yeah. Right. And so we see that Alpha, you know, Gong Gong is the true antagonist in a mm-hmm. sense by how he created Evelyn. And um, the other part, like being like, you know, we were talking about like we, we mentioned this joke, like my uh, my friend's mom calling Doritos Todori. Yeah, right. And the thing is, the multiverse theory: there's a universe where there's a a, a nacho snack called Todoris. It exists somewhere out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Evelyn gets confused about uh, Ratatouille, and she calls it Rakakui. Yeah, right. I mean, she's so adorable and cute. Like when she acts, she's like, I, I also hope and predict that she gets a best leading actress 
nomination at the Oscars for this. And just to, to kind of like bigger up a little bit, do you have any idea how hard it is to perform and act that well in a, in a language that's your second language? Yeah. That she learned in like, she literally, I remember watching her movie, she couldn't speak any English at all. And then also she does all of the fucking Kung Fu yeah. in it. Like she knows how to do it. She better like, win every fucking award out there yeah. because it is so fucking hard to do that. And it took time. By the way, side side convo too. And I just want to bring this up because it just struck me in the head. It had nothing to do with this movie. I really, really fucking dislike Asian people. <laughs> okay. okay. And then finish your sentence. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode. <laughs> I really disliked our Asian people when you guys gave fucking Ethan Hawke shit for not being able to speak Mandarin fluently in fucking um, uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah. I thought that was fucking dumb. Number one, how much time did he have? Yeah. To learn a fucking tonal language and a, a language as hard as fucking Mandarin. Yeah. The audacity. And it was like two lines. It was like a few fucking lines, yeah. you know? And then people were going in on him. Like, dude, why don't you tr- do better? Try harder. Like, <sighs> that's not fair. Number one, that's not fair. Yeah. Number two, do you have any idea like the journey it took for any Asian American actors or writers to even get these people to be like, oh, like, did you think Ethan Hawke was going to be like, oh, I fucking learned it enough. <laughs> you know, this is good enough. Yeah. Like, no, Ethan Hawke wasn't doing that. He was trying his fucking best to speak a tonal language that he's never tried before fluently. And the idea that there was this random crusade, I don't know who the fuck started that shit where they were just like shitting on him for it. That's the Twitterverse. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous right. thing. Like the yeah. I because because let's just put, do it the reverse way, right? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm writing an article tomorrow saying Jackie Chan's a piece of shit for fucking up the English language. <laughs> hey, you did 30 movies like in America and you still can't speak English fluently. Yeah, what the fuck? That's Try right. harder. Why don't you have a better English yeah. tutor? Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a real reason to be upset, and others like. Just to like, yo, give it, give it a rest. That's what I'm saying. It's like, even when people, because the idea of inclusivity is not, hey, fuck you, we're important. The idea of inclusivity is say, all of our stories are important. Let's try to be a a better, better to each other. Yeah. Right. Let's try and express our personal stories and try. It's not, you didn't do it perfect. Fuck. Which is so Asian. Yeah. So Asian of (laughs) us. So Asian. Yeah. You are not Asian enough, you know. To, to speak another language or some shit. I don't, I don't fucking know. It's just like not to our standard. Like that's not art. That is like nationalism. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what, what the hell this fucking C plus fucking Chinese, huh? Yeah. Like they were so mad. Yeah. It's like whoever, who, if you were one of those people, go fuck yourself, dude, because mm. you are, you are the exact opposite of progress. You're the exact opposite of inclusivity. When you have big major name actors who are trying, yeah, right? And it's not going to be perfect because I would love for you to look, go ahead and learn, I don't know, fucking, so, uh, I don't know, check or some shit, you know, right. or try to learn fucking Russian yeah. in a matter of like, I don't know, two months and do it fluently. Do it. Right. But also you only get three lines of that language, <laughs> right? And the rest you have to memorize like a thousand lines. There's eight episodes of this shit yes. that he's in too. And he had three lines in Mandarin. Like give him a fucking Exactly. I'm sure he had, there were other important dialogues that he had to memorize. As a Korean American, if I could watch all seasons of Lost and listen to Daniel Day Kim's terrible ass Korean, right? And by the way, he is Korean and he couldn't (laughs) fucking speak the language to save his fucking life, right? (laughs) I think 
we can give Ethan Hawke a fucking pass. Yeah. Right. Like, come on, man. That shit was so obnoxious. Yeah. I hated reading that shit. And, and it speaks to Joy's character too, because she can't speak Chinese. Either, yeah. Right. And that's where the, the there are many, many running things of miscommunication mm-hmm. in this film. It's part of the chaos. Right. And so it gets towards, let's see, as we move on. In other universes, the Wangs are about to lose the laundromat due to tax errors. And businessman Wayman rejects movie star Evelyn after decades apart. Evelyn is nearly swayed by Jobu Tupaki's cause and stabs her universe's Wayman. She almost joins Jobu Tupaki in entering the bagel, but stops when she hears Wayman's call to be kind and have hope. Evelyn defeats Alpha Gong Gong and Jobu Tupaki's fighters by using her multiverse knowledge to find what is hurting each of them. And gives them happiness. Evelyn reaches Jobu Tupaki and tells her that she is not alone and that Evelyn will always choose to be with her, despite everywhere she everywhere else she could be. Meanwhile, in parallel universes, Evelyn confronts Gong Gong and reconciles with Wayman and Joy, and Wayman convinces Deidre to let the wings redo their taxes. Jobu Tupaki initially rejects Evelyn, but returns to her and they embrace. So the the craziness of what happens like they're fighting on that staircase right back at the IRS building and she brings the everything bagel in mm-hmm. where she is on her way to kill herself. That's what she wants. Yeah. And Gong Gong wants that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's his goal. Like the whole idea is to kill Joe Butapaki. Mm-hmm. Right? And gr- grandfather is like, yeah, kill that. Whatever that she is or whatever in this multiverse mm-hmm. you know and and that's the the darkest part about this this movie is how we feel like this kind of stuff is fed to us from our family yeah right and so evelyn is going up there trying to save her and all these minions they come from different universes and they fight them and like um and it was finally coming to pass, like uh, how we started this uh, review when the running theme really being because there's so much miscommunication, there's so much confusion, there's so much chaos that Wayman tells her to stop and take the time and have a conversation and talk about it and understand each other, you know? And so Evelyn's idea of that, it becomes that like, yeah, to be kind Right. And that brings that kindness brings this reconciliation because in the Tepin Yaki universe, she's beefing with Harry Shum, but he's only so great at what he does because of the raccoon yeah, yeah, <laughs> controlling yeah, yeah. his head. Right. And like, and so he ex- she exposes the raccoon and then the animal control comes and takes this raccoon away. And it's some of the most visual hilarious things. This puppet raccoon is like, yeah, yeah. like don't forget me. Harry Shaw Jr. is bawling his eyes out because yeah. he lost his raccoon. You know, and while that's happening, all the these other things are happening in the other multiverses where they are losing, you know, um, like like um Wayman rejecting Evelyn and such things where like these bad, terrible things happen. But how Evelyn responds is with kindness, right? Yeah. And then that, and it starts showing, it starts connecting how like when she uses kindness 
it reconciles her relationship with Deidre in the hot dog hand world. Yeah. You know, uh, when she uses kindness, once again, um, she, she reconciles, you know, um, with Harry Shum Jr. And then they run after to catch the fucking raccoon. <laughs> yeah. And she's on his head, like pulling his hair. <laughs> the dumbest thing it's ever, so dude. Hard. You know what? You know what it reminded me of? And I'm not sure if you agree with this. It's like, is this just a high budget Kung Fu hustle? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so crazy. It was it, just like Kung Fu hustle, dude. Yeah. I'm like, this is a Kung Fu hustle movie. I, I don't even think it's high budget. It's just that uh, visual effects at on your home computer has come a long, long way, way that they made it look good. You know? Um, this this whole movie is so much to apply, and there's so much we're definitely missing because there's so fucking much that's happening. Yeah, it definitely it has like that 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 Hong Kong like humor. Um, yeah, the it's like the uh, Chinese humor, very slapstick, you know, mm-hmm, mixed with like uh the the Zucker Brothers movies, like Airplane, Naked Gun, yeah, Hot yeah, Shots. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those films, those films are like dead now. They like don't the, really that exist. raccoon stuff just reminded me of Kung Fu Hustle where I, there was that scene where they were, he, um, I forgot, he, he just started having like those Looney Tune legs and he was like yeah. running it. I was like, oh, this reminds me of that. Or just like that type right. of humor in Kung Fu Hustle where he was supposed to take the knife and throw it. <laughs> he stabs him and he goes, oh, he pulls it out. And he goes, it's his dog, so he puts it right back. <laughs> Just like stupid Stephen Chow shit, dude. Yeah, this literally took the best of so much of what like cinema like has to offer. And they put it like crammed it in. And this is why I mean like it deserves best Oscar because it works. Yeah. It's so fast that the most important part and who fucking knew that I would start crying watching Two Rocks talk. Yeah. That was the most emotionally engaging scene I'd seen in a film. And it's two rocks communicating, like with subtitles. Yeah. Right? Where they end up in a universe where life isn't possible. Mm. You know? Um, or uh, But then, like, so they end up as just these rocks. Right? And it's it's so engaging in the way they actually take, a t- take time to stop and communicate. And it made it simple… Instead of throwing them in another multiverse where they are actually talking to each other, somehow it became so much more engaging to see two rocks with subtitles, slow it down, no music, make it quiet. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just mind blown how amazing that is. Yeah. I mean, this is because everything led up to that point to where it would matter. You know? Yes. And once again, it goes to the point of great writing emotional cues and these these monologues or these deep conversations where it kind of like um basically combines everything that you were feeling um to meet to this point only matters if you set it up correctly if you don't set it up those scenes don't matter cuz that scene alone without everything that happened before the the masterful way of just how they combine all these multiverse the, the chaos the the character development then this matters yeah right and that's what that's what I'm saying like this film was just the writing is so good. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And I always like films that do this where it's just, it kind of hits you hard and in the ways that you expected it, but you didn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I expected there to be an emotional hit to this, but not like this. Not like this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> two rocks? Yeah. Oh my God. And why is it better that it was two rocks than it was them having an emotional scene maybe inside the laundromat? Yeah. Even the ridiculousness of how she jumps off the ledge as a rock 
And then Evelyn jumps in after her with the googly eyes. Yeah. I started fucking tearing up. I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do it. And it's, it's a rock. Yeah. You know, but then it was representing all across the universe of, of how with Joba Tupac, it kills herself. Then all the joys die. Yeah. You know, and she was just going to destroy herself. And then it, what it needed was like for the family to have to come together in an understanding of like, let's just be kind and talk about this because it's very important to understand that the, the thickness of the junk and chaos is still there, but how you accept it and how you respond to it, either with cynicism and nihilism or with kindness and understanding and take the time to stop and talk and be quiet. Yeah. All the madness of everything. And this movie visually did it. They showed it. They, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I, 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 I think this is probably one of the best movies of the year for me. And like, but one of the other important parts, and this is complete nihilism. And this is a, uh, another trigger warning because this is dark path is Evelyn stands up to her father, Gong Gong, finally mm-hmm. and says and holds their, the kid's hands and, and tells her like, this is Joey's girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this is who we are. And then like brings it out to Congo because that was the problem in the, the first half of the movie, right? But what we see is Joy get upset and walk away, right? Which is this, a, a very sad and deep part of cynicism and nihilism where it's, you're still caught up in the fact that I'm gay. Yeah. Still, and then that's not even what it's about anymore. Yeah. Right. It's like, you still don't understand me yet. You don't get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for that last bit of um, uh, dialogue they have in the parking lot um, where they have to do their best to try to be just kind and patient with each other and give each other the time. You know, and not lose hope, not give up on everything. Don't let it die just yet. You know, yeah. um, that it's still ongoing. It's going to keep going, mm-hmm. you know. But if you are kind and understanding, you know, that you can find a common area, right? Mm-hmm. Which is hard for people like us to do because I also relate to Evelyn in a way where sometimes I don't have tact and I say some mean shit. I mean, sure, you understand too. Story of my life, bro. Yeah. I hate Asian people. Yeah. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I hate it when Asian people do this. Yeah. And, but it shows that for someone like Evelyn, that kindness is an exercise. Yeah. You have to practice it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it takes a big step. But you look at all the multiverses that she went through and all the stupid, wacky, crazy shit she had to do to access a universe where she knows how to do Kung Fu. All across the universes, they the act of kindness, the act of kindness was the that random act, the weird, insane thing yeah. that connected all the other Evelyns to each other. Yeah. You know, where they all practice and learn kindness. That there are universes where even though in the deepest, like shadiest part of yourself, like if you imagine that you're kind, you're kind out there. 
But you can do that right here, right now too. Yeah. That's the practice. Do you have to access the multiverse to be kind? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But no, that is a power that all of us have. You know, and it doesn't have to be fucking hot dog special toe kung mm-hmm. fu, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm saying. This film was so good, like in terms of hitting that that moral button really well. Like, there's just so many layers to it. It talks about the you know, the Asian family dynamic, which yeah. even even goes broader to just general fi- family dynamics alone where there's people in a family that doesn't know how to express themselves. You know, it happens a lot with people, not just Asian families, just a lot of immigrant families because there's first generation, 1.5, and then two, right? And then obviously it's stuff after that, but it starts to get really whitewashed after that. Not in a negative way, but that American washed, I will say. Yeah. But my parents and I used to have a lot of issues. And, you know, when we were arguing earlier, my mom pissed me off because she was like, oh, it's because you don't understand Korean. I was like, no, I understand <laughs> Korean pretty well, you fucking asshole. Just saying like you got scammed by Koreans. Yeah, Korea. I was like, I understand. <laughs> and she was what was I saying? And I repeated it back to her, right? In yeah. Korean, she goes, okay, maybe you do understand. And I'm like, I do understand. I'm telling you, you're a fucking asshole. She can't lose this fight. Yeah, she just can't lose it. She wants to chalk it up to, oh, you're right and I'm right. No, no, yeah. no, no. You're wrong and you're wrong. That's it. Yeah. Either you apologize or we're not moving from this, right? And so my mom had to not, she didn't apologize, of course, but she had, she just kind of stayed quiet, which usually yeah. means she knows she's wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but there's like this weird language barrier too, where I see it a lot in my personal family members who don't speak Korean at all. And every time I talk to the parent, I talk to them, it's two different stories. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you go, you guys just don't speak each other's fucking languages. Yeah. That's why you guys don't understand each other. Yeah. And it's impossible. And it's really hard for like, for example, when um. You know, I said years ago, one of my biggest requirements were for whoever I'm with, whether they're black, white, Mexican, fucking whatever, right? Vietnamese, Chinese, doesn't matter. They have to learn how to speak Korean. And for, there was a girl that I dated, um, we've split up because of this. And honestly, if if this did, if this wasn't the defining factor, I probably would have stayed with her um, pending from how it was going. And we probably would have gotten married. But she refused to learn how to speak Korean. And then she, we had a conversation where she said, hey, she goes, well, I think it's unfair that you want me to learn how to you know, speak Korean. She goes, would you learn how to speak Vietnamese? I was, I was already taking Vietnamese classes. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I'm, already, I'm doing it right now. Yeah, Right? And she's she, quiet. Didn't know what to say. She goes, I just don't want to do it. I was like, well, we're done then. Because if I'm willing to put in the effort to go ahead and, because I told her family is yeah. a very important thing. Yeah. And for her, her argument was there's plenty of people who don't speak the language and they get married. I was like, but do you know their family dynamic? Because I do. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. They can't speak to the parents. They yeah. just go, are you hungry? You want you And want then this? they can't even eat the same food. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, there's, there's, communication is so fucking important beyond did you poop, eat shit, are you hungry? <laughs> yeah. Right? Because the moment you could talk to them or even understand them at that point, you get to understand who they are. You get to know them as a person. You get yeah. to see their life as a teenager because of how they describe these stories to you. It, it is a huge part of the reason why there's a huge family dynamic issue with a lot of immigrant uh, parents and their kids because the kids don't know the language yeah. and they don't, and because they don't know the language, they don't understand the fucking culture. Yeah. And so they, it's always like this, just ex- explosions and fucking gunfire all the time. Yeah. They just never see eye to eye. And you see that in like this show too, in this show, the movie. And it's very representative of that. Like I fucking love. Yeah. Um, and to bring it back, why, uh, Part of our original or before we started talking about this movie, how we segued was the fact that after all these shootings and national tragedies that keep happening, there's always becomes a two-sided argument, you know, and um, I know it's hard. Like I, I am not 
like the kind of person that subscribes the kindest. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an exercise, like something I have to do my best to do. Right. And like by watching this movie too, like like I said, like these abortion issues, these racial issues, these shootings, they will keep happening and they'll keep going on as of right now. But then as soon as we like we can actually learn to communicate, take time, be quiet, listen, understand and talk. Like Wayman's character, yeah, like is the way we can find like a conclusion or a compromise, you know, or we can live together without fucking trying to kill each other. Yeah, and I think a lot of us too were so quick to anger and then quick to kind of like jumping to our emotions first without assessing a situation. It you know it always it tends to make things a lot worse. Like I remember in K Town one time, like, and this kind of has something to do with it, but just like not being able to control those emotions assess what's going on can lead to very bad things mm-hmm. um not even just on a personal scale like you can fucking get killed for shit like that like i was in k-town and um there was this dude that was i don't know i don't remember it's been so long but it was like an altercation between this guy and this other guy right well the other guy i knew who was in that group and in that group was was a, a young of mine right and i'm like these motherfuckers are affiliated then because He's he's still gangbangs to this day. And yeah. I'm like, oh. I'm looking at this guy over here. I'm like, you're going to die tonight. <laughs> and that's all I thought, right? Mm-hmm. Because in his mind, he's looking at this person. Either way, the altercation was small. It could have been squashed by moving on or whatever. But they started getting each other's face. And you can see the other guy. He's not even yelling. He's just staring at him. And I look over and I see the young and I'm walking over. I was like, hold on, let me handle this. I walk over. And I was like, hey, guys, just chill. It's all good. Right? We're just here having a good time, whatever, whatnot. And, you know, obviously the dude is still fucking pissed. The, the other guy's a little drunk and he's mouthing off a little bit, but he doesn't know. He keeps it up. He's literally going to die. Yeah. Like he he will fuck. These guys don't give a fuck. They've all been to prison. They'll go to prison again. Yeah. And so I'm just sitting there just like, okay, whatever. Talking to him, put, take him aside, whatever. I buy their table of drinks. I went to the, you know, the hung. I, I bought their whole table, a couple pitchers of beer. Went over to them, bought him a pitcher of beer. Walked over to him. I was like, hey, you have to leave. <laughs> and he's like, why? I was like, all those guys are strapped. They're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> And and first he's like, Joe, what are they gonna do? Blah, 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 blah. And literally you see these dudes that had their hand on their waist and they're looking at him. I was like, you need to leave now. I was like, I squashed it. I'm playing all cool. Like I fucking know you. I told him that you guys are my friends. You're not my friends. You need to fucking leave. Yeah. And then this guy, his two buddies and like two girls got up and they fucking left, but they would have fucking died. They literally would have died. Yeah. And they were fucking pissed. And the only reason why they said, because I told them that they were my friends. Yeah. So in that type of situation too, like imagine if he, that individual right there would have just thought twice, you know, and would have squashed this whole shit. Because even if you looked at the guy, it was like, listen, you already know you're not going to fuck this guy up. Well, in this universe that you experienced, you walked away. Yeah. There are other universes where that guy died. Exactly. <laughs> and I think about moments like that. Like imagine yeah. what would have happened if I wasn't there. Yeah. What if I didn't say like, oh, that's my homie. He's a little drunk. Yeah. And I walked over, bought him a pitcher of beer. I was like, you need to get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, literally, they were going to kill him. I mean, you have examples and stories of where you were in the middle of a conflict and the only other choice you could make is just to be kind mm-hmm. and have just extreme love. Do you have examples of that where you just went the other way? You were like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I mean, I've definitely done this like later on in life where, you know, when I was younger, if we were at a bar situation and somebody was being a fucking asshole, I would just match that energy, yeah. right? And then we would see what would happen. I'm not saying I got into fights or anything, but we would yell at each other. Or if it did get into a fight, it would have been a bar fight. Yeah. But now I'm more like, okay, this person's drunk. This is not who they are. Or if this is who they are like now like this, then they're going through some other shit. So then like, for example, 
one time I was at a bar and this guy was clearly fucking drunk mm. because I was talking to the bartender who's a girl. It's her job to serve me drinks. Yeah. But that was his girlfriend. And this one comes up to me and he's, he's just like, why don't you just get your fucking drinks and stop hitting on my fucking girlfriend? And I'm like, she's a bartender. <laughs> like, I can't, I, I'm ordering a drink. You know what I mean? Hurry up, buddy. And, you know, and then she, he's, she's like rolling her eyes. She's like, I'm so sorry. He's drunk. And at that point, I chose like kindness, right? But yeah. I chose kindness in a weird, in a different way. I was like, hey, listen, dude, you're a little drunk. I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like women. He yeah. goes, oh, my bad, bro. I was like, I'm kidding. I'm not gay. But you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is not a big deal. Like, <laughs> like she's a bartender. I'm just ordering a drink, man. You're good, dude. He's like, you want me to get you a drink? I'll buy you drinks. My bad if I hurt your feelings. Yeah. And he goes, ah, just we're having a good time. And his attitude flipped like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's true. Like kindness. And this is just one example it's, it's of, like, of many. Right. You know? It's it's disarming. Yeah. Because the whole idea of this this film is that these people keep trying to come up with special powers to defend themselves or go on the offensive and deal with the conflict all throughout this movie, right? That's the idea. But the main point being, but like from the jump, from the start, you know, if you came to an understanding, if you diffused it, if you disarmed it, you know, that you can get through some of these things, like you can have the outcome that you might be looking for. Yeah. Right. Like you're not going to win it a lot of times by having to, you know, have conflict over it many times. You know, it just destroys many things. There's going to be a loser. <laughs> Have you ever done that shit where, where you're in a car and then somebody, I don't know, they think that either they cut you off, they roll down their window. <laughs> I've done this for this guy. I, I do this a lot. It hasn't happened in a while because I don't really drive around as much as I used to. But in, when I was in K-Town in LA, I had to do this all the time where somebody would just drive up next to me and they would roll down the window and I would roll down my window first. I'd go, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And they go, it's cool. <laughs> they just drive the fuck up. Because what they want to do is call me a bitch yeah. and curse me out. But if you go, I'm so sorry, right. it disarms them. Right. You know, and that's that idea of kindness goes a lot goes a lot more longer or yeah. a long way than, than fucking anger or hate does. Right. And you know, what are they going to say to me at that point? Are you going to be that asshole yeah. that after somebody apologizes profusely, you're still going to curse me out? Probably right. not. I've, 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 I think I've told this story before. Um, like when I went back home for like the first month, I went to Safeway um, to buy some shit. And then uh, I heard this Chinese yell lady oh, that's right. screaming yeah. at people, right? And then in my head, I was like, oh shit, they have a Chinese person working here. Because <laughs> uh, they have like a Chinese deli. I go there. It's just some white lady with this really good Chinese accent. She's really good at it. Uh, uh, but my once I saw that it was a white lady doing this because she was like, "If you want general soul, then it's gonna be five thirty nine, like yeah. like that." Uh, but she was doing it way better than me, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And yeah, my instinct though, because of my hair triggers with racism, is to have a problem with it and to have conflict. So I walked up to her and then I said, do you talk like this all the time or are you just making a joke? You know, because if you talk like this all the time, that's her accent. I can't knock you yeah. for that, right? Um, but then she went off on the, oh, I have freedom of speech. It's my first amendment, right? Or whatever. And then I'm like, that's cool. But like, you're not at home. You're at Safeway. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're, you're doing this super loud. Like yeah. that's, for one, that's just not even professional. Like you're wearing a Safeway t-shirt, yeah. you know, with your name tag on it, you know? And then she was like, 
oh my gosh, it's you know like this and that. You're so sensitive in the First Amendment, and I was like, okay, then whatever, right? My idea of diffusing was walking away. Yeah, right. But then she started screaming louder as I was walking away. She was like, I don't hate anybody. I love everyone. <laughs> I love him, and then I love that person. And she goes, I could even love you too. Yeah. So I turned around and I walked up to her, and then I said, um, "Can I give you a hug?" Yeah. And she goes, "Yes." <laughs> and we just embraced in the middle of, of of Safeway, and she was just crying in my arms. And then I just had to say, "You know, you're not a racist, and yeah. I love you too." Yeah. You know. And she was like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I didn't know that it was offend you. I didn't. I've never been in this position. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Me so sorry." Yeah. <laughs> You're still doing it. Still I can't stop it. <laughs> I've been doing it for seven years. Like, I'm trying to be kind right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I deal with too yeah. long. It's stuck on me now. Yeah. But um, I mean, sometimes I don't know if I want to get back into it. But like you know, we grew up church boys. We yeah. Were both in ministry. We're in leadership. Um, but we also know like this this part of how we the character of God is that. The kindness of the Lord is what brings us to repentance. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's 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 the corners. It's one of the cornerstones of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Really, if you, you know, bring God's love, quote unquote, through you being that vessel, you know, and then you show kindness, right? It disarms for sure. It brings other people to a place where they can start quote-unquote, repenting. Mm-hmm. Where this lady, it brought her to finally say sorry and know she was wrong just because I brought kindness. This is yeah, something yeah, I yeah. probably won't ever do again. I just didn't know. In the, that moment, I was like, fuck it. Let's hug it out. Yeah. Right? And by God, it works. Yeah. The crazy thing is, I remember, why I remember it is because it was Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> I was like, this is like an MLK miracle. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you just have Martin yeah. Luther King hovering behind you. <laughs> you did it, my child. Yeah, he's super proud of me. Yeah, like he's fucking Simba's dad just in the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> it's your dad yeah. and he's like, you should have punched her in the pay. Yeah. <laughs> You are like, well, bring, bring back MLK. Yeah. Bring up. You are such a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> that was gay. Yeah, no, but, like, I'm like, get out of yeah. here. But I mean, you and I, and a lot of Asian Americans, because we have parents like Evelyn, we have parents like a Gong Gong, and all we know is this hard nosed, fucking no tact, no emotional response. We have to learn this shit. And I think that's why this movie hits us well. Because as, as Asian Americans, we joke so much about our emotional trauma. But then when we see something like this and we know, oh shit, we have a hard time being kind to one another. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. What happened in Anaheim, let's say. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? That's the only criticism is like the first way. And they, they kind of like use criticism as a way to say, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't criticize you. Like, or you could just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another problem. I know a lot of people thought it was super corny that the answer of this movie is be nice. But that's not really. It's be kind. Like, being nice is a little different than choosing to have a kind heart. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because niceness is, you know, that's how you end up with people like nice guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's almost transactional. We're not asking for that. It's the kindness is something like grace, going back to the christian stuff. But like, is that corny it's, thing you don't of deserve like, it. It's like I'm what you put out me. in the universe is what you get back. Yeah. Right? And I'll, And clearly for them, you know, being hypercritical and unloving and just being very rude or trying to like hypercorrect behavior through ignoring things wasn't really fucking working. Yeah. What's the opposite? Try kindness. Yeah. And it does work pretty fucking well, you know? I, I'm learning this in my life because I mean, I, I've already expressed how much I, I, I'm not a Christian or don't go to church anymore. Uh, I experienced a lot of resentment because of that. Um, I mean, I literally on this podcast called out Sam Ock and said some yeah. wild shit. But um, yeah, I, I, I had to, that was my ultimate nihilism about it. Right. But I'm through this movie crazy enough and um, other therapies and such. I'm, I'm learning like how like kindness and communication like goes a long way. In Shang-Chi was a good movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just being nice. <laughs> I loved it well, so much. One thing I do want to say, though, is why this stands out from Shang-Chi is um, like this had all of the formula of a Marvel movie, right? Oh, Except 100%. it's rated R. Um, and everything fucking worked out. Like Shang-Chi has the Mulan problem. How yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Disney movie made for the Chinese government, not the people. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, but this was an Asian American film. Everything Everywhere All at Once was an Asian American film for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like, Hey, let's go off to China and like yeah. make the Chinese government happy, make the Chinese, you know, history traditions and all that, make it a propaganda film. You know, while there's nothing wrong with that, it doesn't actually serve the audience. Yeah. What does it know? do? It's just the cash grab. Like, yeah. So so you can get approval, you know, to play in China. So then you can get, you know, millions and hundreds of billions plus of dollars. dollars. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, guys. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, Shang-Chi didn't even end up playing in China. Yeah. So it's like you didn't even need to suck up to this <laughs> to the government over there, you know? Yeah, maybe I'll try watching the movie again for the fourth time and maybe I'll see. Maybe I can be kind about it. I actually, you know what? I take that back. We were pretty kind about it. We <laughs> We were pretty fucking kind. Yeah. We said nice things and then we talked about what we didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, like I I people I don't we don't hate it. We just reviewed it. <laughs> we reviewed it. We dissected it. Yeah. Like, sorry, like we have opinions like strongly about it. And listen, there are way worse films than that. Like I was just telling Ed, I, I watched The Birds of Prey and I, <laughs> and I was, and I was on a plane for like 17 hours and it was hard to get through that fucking film. It, it was <laughs> like really, it. really fucking hard from the right. fight choreography to the cinematography. And the shitty thing was that, that was a, I think the director was a female Asian director. Is that right? I yeah. Didn't know. And I think sorry. it like, that, I mean, she kind of put it to like, like the studios kind of fucked me over on this, mm-hmm. which I do probably agree with. Because yeah. everybody knows that about these major Hollywood films. Warner Brothers in particular, they they get metal their fingers and everything. Like yeah. The DC films. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it kind of sucks because I think she went from something small into this huge budget film, which mm-hmm. was supposed to be her big break. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't think a big break for a new director should ever be a Marvel or DC film. There's too much hands in it. Right. You know, like you're never going to get to put your creative spit on it the way that you 100% want it to mm-hmm. because so many people have their money and hands in it. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, Birds of Prey was just, 
they were breaking the fourth wall type of shit. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, I, I was saying like it's like a Guy Ritchie women's empowerment DC film. Not nothing wrong with women's empowerment or Guy Ritchie or anything. It wasn't that. executed well though. Yeah, it's just the execution wasn't totally there. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I just and if you have a fight film and the fighting choreography is trash. What the fuck? Then man? what are we sitting there waiting for? Exactly. Right? Like we're like, just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> the best part of the film was just the beginning where she snapped that dude's kneecaps when she jumped out and she snapped. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's the best part of this film. Yeah. For me, it was when she sniffed the cocaine, but then that's my own problem too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. Well guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. What other movies would you like us to review? I hope you enjoyed everything everywhere all at once. I have to watch it again because it's a really trippy ass fucking film. It's wild. It's yeah. off the walls, audacious, yeah. just one of the most craziest films you'll see in this decade. And I'm glad it's doing well too because it had a relatively slow start. Yeah. And I think people just didn't know what the fuck it was. It's it's wild how they're extending the theatrical release. Yeah, it was almost done. Because people keep going back for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So when I first tried to watch it, there was nobody in the theater. And literally the next week, couldn't get a ticket. Right. Cause, One week. Because everyone was like, you got to fucking watch this. You yep. have to watch this. We, well, the first time we went in, there was only four people. <laughs> and three of them were me, Ray, and Khalif. And it was wow. somebody else. Yeah. And then that was it. But then the next week, tried to get a ticket, all sold out. Insane. And that's and that's probably how many weeks has it been in theaters? A long time now, yeah. yeah it's like, been a hot second. That's fuck, and that's what's so fucking awesome about this film. If it's like a lot of the people are just going back to watch it again because they know they missed something. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to make a film. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, you could catch Ed at Ed Park VP, and you could catch Genius Brains, um, Genius Brains, Genius Brain <laughs> at twelve p.m. on Sundays, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I, if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good you could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. i mean they even have burger breads right so if you want to make a, a fire ass burger they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as i do dude money it's so freaking good it's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is just because like if i'm gonna make a wrap or i'm gonna do any type of sandwich of any sort i'm gonna use hero bread because i get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero.co and use code genius10 at checkout. That's G-E-N-I-U-S-1-0 at hero.co.